Are you tired of the endless stream of fantasy marketing and vanity metrics? Yeah, so am I. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, media specialist, and marketing strategist. I'm also a student of professional development, and like you, I've been left frustrated by all of this influencer-driven generic advice making us think that we are just one course, conference, or manifestation away from the life of our dreams. We need to cut through this crap and move beyond the posturing, beyond the facade, beyond the image to take real action on the real work that will create the real results. This is the Beyond the Image podcast. What is going on and welcome to our weekly live recording of the Beyond the Image podcast where every week we dive into a new topic and I teach that topic as well as uh, if anyone has questions on uh, this topic that we're presenting on or just on their brand, on their business, uh, you can ask it right here in this show um, and I will give live coaching for anyone who pops on. Uh, to get the live coaching aspect of this or the element of this, all you have to do is add your comments to whatever uh, platform you're watching this on, whether it's on YouTube uh, or Facebook, you can just type right into that uh, chat box. Wanted to start off with a couple really cool announcements. Um, first thing I'm noticing, though, it's a little dark in my studio. You know what? Let me turn my key light on. Oh, that's better. Kind of the uh, the fun crux of hosting a live show is, well, anything can happen. Um, today's topic, we're going to be diving into how to launch your own podcast. And as I'm going to be covering this topic, I'm going to cover it from a, a wide variety of uh, of facets. We're going to talk about the gear. We're going to talk about software. We're going to talk about hosting. We're going to talk about uh, branding. We're going to talk about marketing assets you need. We're going to talk about potential contractors you might want to hire. We're going to talk about the launch of the show. And uh, we're going to talk about maybe some mistakes that people might make when it comes to launching their own podcast and how to potentially avoid those mistakes. As I mentioned, uh, kicking this off, a uh, couple really cool announcements. Uh, first, a uh, few shout outs to some of my coaching clients. One of my coaching clients, Laura Solios, actually just launched her podcast this week. Uh, it's called The Beauty and the Greek. It's available wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to check that out. Massive shout out to uh, her and her husband for launching that show. Second is my other coaching client, Greg Damien, uh, launched his brand new book, Abs at 60. And within uh, one day, it became a number one new release bestseller on Amazon. So massive shout outs to Greg for that awesome accomplishment. Very, very excited for him for that. Um, also, also later today, we are dropping the fifth issue of Icon Fit Magazine. And on the cover of the fifth issue of Icon Fit Magazine is Dr. Jordan Wiggins, an absolutely amazing human being uh, who we were connected with Dr. Jordan for this magazine at Get Published Live. So by her attending Get Published Live, she was cast by the, our editorial team to shoot for and appear on this cover, which drops today. Uh, so for those of you tuning in uh, on YouTube, you are seeing this publicly for the first time. Uh, we actually will be releasing this later today. Um, but 
this is a cover that I am incredibly excited about, incredibly proud of. We went very bold with this cover. Uh, I would say it's the most uh, bold cover and the most experimental cover we've ever done with Icon Fit magazine. Um, so uh, huge kudos goes to Dr. Jordan for booking this feature. Um as well as to our amazing design team and editorial team at Icon Fit for for piecing together this absolutely breathtaking cover. I mean, this is this is the sort of art cover that we've wanted for Icon Fit, um, and just really excited to see it come to fruition. So massive, massive kudos to Dr. Jordan for this. Um, now, as I mentioned. Uh, she got this feature. Well, I should say that um, before I get into that, you can get a copy of this. We'll have the link and details posted on Instagram at IconFit Magazine. But Dr. Jordan landed this feature because she attended our annual conference, Get Published Live. We offer both virtual and in-person passes. And what we do at, I, at at Get Published Live is we teach you everything you need to know about how to land top media features, but we also connect you with publishers. And Dr. Jordan connected with our team at IconFit Magazine to land this feature. Well, just this week, we opened up passes for the 2023 Get Published Live. It's May 18th through 21st. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. It's also virtual. Uh, so let me show you a little bit about what you can expect this year. You know how critically important your brand awareness is because it is impossible to grow your business if no one knows you exist. Now, unfortunately, with that being said, most entrepreneurs, content creators, and brand managers do not have a strategy on how they're going to get in front of their target clients. Now, this has been made even more difficult with so many rushing online to promote their products or their services in what has become an extremely crowded marketplace. That is why I am here to tell you that getting published, earned media, is the fastest, is the most effective way to grow your business by number one, amplifying your brand authority and awareness, and number two, generating new leads of prospective clients for your business. Now, if you're not taking advantage of the power of earned media, you're gonna be continuing to get burnt out trying to work harder in hopes that your clients will eventually find you. My name is James Patrick and I'm an internationally published photographer with more than 600 published magazine covers to my credit. I'm also the founder of Get Published Live and throughout my entire career, I've been able to tap into and leverage the power of earned media. And that is why at Get Published Live, we are 100% focused on teaching you how to get published to grow your brand and your business. And we're, we're talking about getting published. We are talking about magazine features. We're talking about podcast spots. We're talking about digital interviews. We're talking about speaking engagements. We're talking about writing opportunities and so much more. All of this to unlock your fullest potential as a business owner. Now, whether you're an individual building your own brand or you own multiple businesses, everyone can learn how to leverage the power of earned media. Now, in addition to that, Get Published Live offers you the unparalleled opportunity to actually cast for and land top media features just by attending the conference. That's right, just by attending Get Published Live, you too can get published. And since launching, we have helped attendees land more than 500 
published media features, including more than 60 magazine covers. Nowhere else is this unparalleled opportunity possible. Most events and conferences only rely on education, but we want to give you real opportunities. You will finally be equipped with the tools, the resources, the connections, and most importantly, the opportunities that you need to accelerate your growth and your career. So I invite you to join us at Get Published Live, and I cannot wait to see the success that you will create. All right, so we have release passes for Get Published Live. Early bird passes are available right now at getpublished.live. Like I said, you can attend virtually, you can attend in person, whatever is most convenient for you, and you can get opportunities uh, like Dr. Jordan did with the recent cover of Icon Fit Magazine. I will tell you, we've uh, secured a handful of media partners already for 2023. Uh, we'll be casting for covers of Icon Fit Magazine. We'll be casting for covers of Ricochet Magazine. We've already received commitments from Muscle and Health Magazine. We've received commitments from Personal Fitness Professional Magazine, from Best Holistic Life Magazine, from Define Fitness Magazine. More media outlets continue to join us every single year to give our attendees the opportunity to land the media features that can amplify their authority and generate new leads for their business. So go to Get Published Live, grab your early bird passes. All right. Someone on Facebook, I can't wait. I can't wait either. I'm excited we're doing it earlier this year. No longer have to wait all the way to October. We're doing it in May. Okay. So today's topic, we're going to dive into how to create your own podcast. And what I want to start with is getting through a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff that hangs up people as they try to launch their uh, podcast. Um, the 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 thing that holds up so many people is, well, I don't know what gear to use, or I don't know what software to use, or I don't know how to. Um, how, how how to piece together all the elements. And I want to get that part out first because, well, that's the easiest part ultimately. Um, so let's start with gear. And what you'll be surprised with is it is not that cost prohibitive to get good enough gear to run a podcast production. So the first thing you're going to want when it comes to gear is a microphone. You have two types of microphones that you can purchase, and we've had we've had people message us where they purchased maybe the wrong one for them. Uh, ultimately, the main two categories of microphones you can have is you can have what's known as an XLR microphone or a USB microphone. An XLR microphone, I'll just hold one up as an example, is like this Sennheiser right here, which has the three prongs in it and comes with an XLR cable, also with the three prongs. Um, most microphones are XLR microphones. Now, because podcasting has become so popular and so ubiquitous, there have been a large number of USB microphones that have been brought to market. A USB microphone is just like what it sounds. It's a microphone that instead of using an XLR cable to transmit audio, it's using a USB cable. Well, your computer probably has USB ports, which means you can plug that microphone directly into your computer. So for many podcasters, especially individuals who are just starting out 
and they're podcasting all virtually or all remotely or through Zoom or things like that. And we'll talk about software here in a moment. But suffice to say, they're not recording with anyone in person. A USB microphone works fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it. And the brand doesn't so much matter. I would put the price range of a decent USB microphone somewhere between $90 and $150 right there. Um, Audio-Technica makes them. Uh, Blue makes them. Um, uh, Rode makes, I believe, USB microphones. They all do roughly the same thing, which is to just create a a better audio quality than what is being picked up through your through your laptop computer. Now, should you choose to get an XLR microphone, and why would you choose to get an XLR microphone? Um, the reason you would choose to get an XLR microphone is if you plan on having more than one microphone going into your recording platform. So for example, if I record in person, I need two microphones. I need one for me and I need one for my guest. Or if I have a co-host on, I need two microphones. It is very difficult to run two USB microphones into your computer. And we've learned this the hard way, podcasting for 10 years, because every USB port on your computer records a little bit differently and uniquely. So you're not going to get the cleanest audio. And you're going to have some issues with these two different USB microphones going into your computer. So in this case, we use XLR microphones. Now, once again, brand doesn't matter, whatever you want. I, for, for like close to 10 years, I used uh, Sennheisers. Uh, I'm now, as you see, using a Rodecaster microphone. They're all fine. They all work fine. Um, what you need in order to make an XLR microphone work for your podcasting is the XLR microphones have to go into a mixer board. They have to go into a mixer board and the mixer board then goes into your computer via USB. So there are, are, are a variety of mixer boards. Uh, I use uh, Alessis. Uh, we have a Rode mixer board as well. Um, just look up XLR to USB mixer board. And there's going to be like a hundred different versions of them on, on Amazon. They all do the same thing. They all convert your XLR microphones they go into the mixer board and you can control the settings of each microphone on, on the mixer board. There's dials for that. Uh, and then those go as one signal into your computer. So your computer can read that. And what's nice is they're all plug and play. So any recording software you use can recognize your mixer board automatically. It's not like you have to download extra software or firmware or anything like that. Uh, super, super simple when it comes to that. So I use XLR microphones going into a mixer board and the mixer board goes into my computer because I have multiple microphones often. Okay. Obviously for this one, I don't, but oftentimes I have multiple microphones running. Like if I have a guest sitting across the table from me or co-host, et cetera. Um, so uh, someone's asking Sony microphones. Yeah, sure. Um, headset plugins plus microphone. I'm glad this was asked. Um, this is the one thing I would avoid is getting the headset with a microphone built into the headset. And the reason I would avoid that is that's probably going to be out of all the options. That's probably going to be the weakest audio quality that you can get is the headphones that have the microphone plugged into it. I would have them be two separate things. Now, with that being said, 
I do recommend picking up a pair of headphones. When I record my podcast, I always have a pair of headphones on. Um, for this, this is where you can spend the least amount of money, the cheapest headphones you can buy. These are Sennheiser, so these are studio quality headphones. Um, I didn't need to buy studio quality. You can buy $10 headphones, $20 headphones. It doesn't matter. Just as long as it has the headphone jack that, uh, you know, the quarter, one quarter headphone jack that just plugs right into your laptop. There you go. You have headphones. The reason you want headphones is I don't want audio coming from my computer speaker then being picked up by my microphone, creating a reverb. I would not want that. Um, so it, it, and most recording softwares try to eliminate that, but just in case they don't, I always will wear headphones when I'm recording a podcast. So cheap headphones, I'll spend a little bit more on a mic. Like I said, 100 to 200 bucks on a microphone, you're fine. If you're running XLR microphones, you run it into a mixer board. And let me just, let me doodle this out just so people can see just what this looks like. Okay, so if you have... Uh, one microphone, oops, wants to pick the tool here. All right, so pardon my terrible drawing. There's your microphone. Okay, so a USB microphone can go right into your computer. I'm not gonna draw a computer. <laughs> uh, I'm like two sips of coffee in today. Um, if you wanted multiple microphones, then you want XLRs. Those go into a mixer board, which go into your computer via USB. And the mixer board, I mean, you I'm sure you've seen them in movies. They like have the mi microphone jacks at the top and then the the dials for each looks like that. Um, yeah, someone on Facebook saying, I had to learn the hard way. You had to plug your headphones into your microphone. Yeah, I try to avoid any, any microphone headphone combos. I just don't find they work that well. All right. Um, other gear that you can have. You notice that you know, for those watching me do this live, you'll notice that I have a, um, one is a boom arm. This is something I would highly advocate for. They're not expensive, but a boom arm to hold your microphone. Anything that keeps the microphone off the table where you have to lean over. Like we used to record, I actually brought it out of a case the other day. We used to record with these blue snowballs which are USB microphones and they have this tiny stand. So let me put this on my desk. So I'd have to be in order to get good audio quality. And that's just, that's as high as it goes right there. That's, it was, it was very difficult. We were definitely hurting our backs and necks to record that. The boom arm is phenomenal. Just, you know, angle it wherever you need to go. Um, the, the microphone cradle, I don't know. I don't know how much I care about the microphone cradle. Um, that's just the the kind of like like an egg drop <laughs> cradle. Um, I, I I don't know how how much I care about that. But the thing I will say is, you'll notice I have a pop filter 
at the end of my microphone. Um, and for those who watched earlier podcasts, or if you look at the Sennheiser, I have a sock at the end of the microphone, one or the other, either put the sock on the end of your microphone or put the pop filter in front of the microphone. Uh, don't do, you don't need both. One or the other is absolutely fine. Um, it's basically just to prevent you spitting into your microphone and that creating its own weird audio. Um, but other than that, those would be your accessories with the microphone. Uh, thus far, we're, we have not spent a lot of money. You know, cheap headphones, a halfway decent microphone, and and a boom arm. You're you're still under two hundred dollars into this. Um, now, for those that want to do, um, video as well, this is what could increase the cost, but not exponentially. The integration of video, um, you simply just need a decent mirrorless camera. Like you can do it with an external webcam. What I'd recommend is do not use your computer camera. I mean, for those watching, if I were to use my computer camera, it, it would just be, you've, you've all, I mean, I don't even need to switch my cameras. You've seen how bad a webcam looks and the quality of a webcam even like on new computers it's not that great um and then you're kind of looking down at your at your screen that doesn't look great either uh get your camera off your computer uh an external camera so whether it's an external webcam i i like a mirrorless camera because um then i can change the lenses and the lenses can have different um uh, uh focal ranges and um I can change the aperture on it. So like, I think I have, that's a, maybe a 50 millimeter on that lens right there. No, 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 that could be, I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, but it's a decent lens that I have on my camera. I just have a Sony camera set up there. Um, and I have a wide aperture, which means my background has a nice bokeh. It kind of blurs out of focus. And that's what I wanted this scene to look like so i was very intentional with how that's set up and to turn any camera into a webcam you need a what's called an hdmi capture card not very expensive i want to say like a hundred to two hundred dollars for an hdi hdmi capture card i use one from it's like magwell magwell usb capture hdmi um, and what it does is it takes the HDMI output from your camera and turns it into a USB. So I just plug that into my computer. And once again, my computer just recognizes this as a camera. I could just tell my computer for my camera, recognize that one, not my webcam. Okay. Um, last thing on gear would be lighting. And this is also if you're doing video. Um, there are three points of lighting that I think about when I think about being on camera. The first is the light that is on the subject. The second is the light that is on the background. And the third would be any light that separates the subject from the background. So let's go in order. The first is the light that's on the subject. I have just a constant light with a softbox on it. That's the light that you see on my face. Uh, let me bring this up right here again. Okay, so if I'm sitting here, select the pen tool, this is me. I have a light right here with a softbox 
kind of right over me, shooting that way. This is a soft light using a soft box. Now, if I didn't have a soft box, I would want a window right here, right in front of me. Bonus points if it's a north-facing window. What I want to avoid is direct sunlight. I don't want the sun coming through the window hitting my face because that's going to be really hard to for any camera to expose for. It's going to be super, super, super bright. But a north-facing window never has direct sunlight unless you have very soft, neutral light. Okay. Um, next is light on the background. Notice my background is clutter-free. I don't want a lot of distractions in the background. I put up some cheap, that's just plastic paneling. And then I put light on it and I use colored lights. So I'm using LED colored lights on my background only to create, and it's blurred out of focus, but only to create some contrast between myself and the background. Then I did one other thing. And I did it right at the start of this broadcast. I'm like, this doesn't look right. I have just a, a, a rim light, which is just literally this tiny LED light back here, which is lighting me on my temple. All that's doing is separating me from the background. So those are my three. So I have two lights right here, just shooting on the background. Um, that's my three-point light setup that I do for almost every, every broadcast. And, and you can see it now that I'm full screen, you can see the light right there. It's angling this way. So, you know, the right side of my face from the main light is a little darker than uh, the left side of my face. Um, you can see the lights on the backdrop. We got a uh, kind of a bluish purple one and we got a, a green teal one. And then you can see the light on my temple from the, from the rim light, which is separating me from the background three lights. Uh, could you get away with two? Sure. Could you get away with one? Sure. Absolutely. But this was something I built up over time to create this look. So I, you can kind of see how I piece that together. So all in, that is all the gear that I could think of that you would possibly need to, to piece this together. So from gear, let's move to software. Um, what is so nice about podcasting, I think why podcasting has become so important is you can use over-the-counter software or software that's already on your computer or software that has free versions of it to record podcasts. There is not expensive software that is required for you to record a podcast. So on Mac platforms, if I'm recording solo podcast, so just me, um, I'm using GarageBand because it's on the Mac already and it works great for podcasts. Uh, so I just fire up GarageBand, it recognizes my microphone, I start recording and I record my episode. Um, on PC, uh, there's, there's free programs like Audacity. It has a free version to it. And it works very similar to GarageBand where you can record your solo podcast right into the recording software, okay? Um, for virtual podcasts or podcasts that I have to record someone online, which most of my interview, I would say 99% of my interviews now are done virtually. Um, there was a time where 
every interview we did was in person and we would just drive from city to city to interview people. Um, but now we do all of our interviews remotely just because it's so much easier. And now the technology's there. Um, I used to do all my recordings through Zoom. And guess what? It worked fine. The one thing I would recommend if you're using Zoom to do your recordings for your podcast is there is a setting in your preferences to record separate tracks for each participant on the Zoom call. It's important that you turn that on. The reason being is your guest will inevitably have a different quality of audio than you will have. Maybe they'll be louder. Oftentimes they're much quieter. Maybe they don't have a good microphone or maybe there's a lot of static on their end or whatever it is. But if you only have one audio file for the entire show, your audio and your guest audio are going to be on that one file. If you select this option in Zoom, which is to create a separate audio file for each person, then their audio is on its own track. So when you put that into your recording software and you edit that track, it doesn't impact your audio, which sounds really good. Or maybe you just want to tune down your audio, but it's not now impacting theirs. Okay, so this is how you can gain more control of your edits simply by selecting that one thing is uh, record separate separate audio tracks for for your guests. All right, we have a question pop up. What hosting uh, do you use to for your streams? Uh, we will get to hosting. So that's a really good question um, for my podcast. Now, I've actually moved off Zoom. And I'm now on StreamYard. And the reason I moved from Zoom to StreamYard is simply because Zoom was very limited in regards to the quality of the video that was saved. And StreamYard allowed me to save full 1080 high-resolution video, uh, which I wanted for these live broadcasts, uh, as well as... Um, uh, for for YouTube. Um, so that was important to me. So I just made that switch over. So we don't use Zoom for podcasting. Or we use StreamYard. Um, there, there, there's so many different. Uh, the Riverside is one that that I've been interviewed on and works very similar to to StreamYard. It's fine. They're all fine. Just just pick one and try it. And if you don't like it, then you can switch at any point. Like we were using Zoom for years and we just switched. Like you can switch at any point. That's what's so nice about, about testing, uh, this, uh, technology. Um, I, okay. So comment just came in. I heard someone getting charged $700 from zoom for recordings, data storage. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, that's just brutal. That's, that's just too much. They're probably recording lots of, lots of videos and then they're never like exporting the videos and, and removing it from their cloud storage. And thus it just accumulates and the cost goes up. Uh, people like that keep zoom in business. I'm, I'm like quite positive. So let's look at hosting. Um, there are a few different, uh, areas we use for hosting. Um, the first is where is your podcast going to live? The audio podcast. So let's just focus on audio. You need an, a, a, a host that will automatically disseminate your podcast to all the different podcast players 
that exist. And for those that were not aware of this, your podcast is not actually hosted on Apple and on Spotify and on Google and on uh, iHeartRadio. It's hosted in one place and through something called RSS, it then gets fed to all these different players. So when someone is accessing your podcast from the Apple Podcast app, they're not playing it from the Apple Podcast app. The Apple Podcast app is tapping into your host and playing it from your host. Same if they were to tap into it from Spotify. They're not playing it from Spotify servers. It's not hosted on Spotify servers. It's hosted on your host server. Spotify is just tapping into that and pulling from that server. Uh, someone mentioned... Um, Anchor. Anchor is a host uh, that you can host your platform on. Um, and there's lots of them. Anchor is one of them. Uh, I think it's anchor.fm. Uh, I use Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, uh, which stands for Liberated Syndication. Uh, Blueberry is another one. I think there's one called SoundCloud. They all do the same thing and they all cost about the same. So it does not really matter, to be honest. It does not really matter Go with whatever seems easiest and most convenient for you to use. They all have roughly about the same uptime. Uptime is the most important facet of this. Uh, and like I said, the rates are about the same. And the rates you will pay will be for how much data you're going to store per month. That's roughly how they charge. So on Libsyn, um, because we do three podcasts a week, uh, we're at the we're not at the lowest tier we're not at the second i think we're at like the third tier but even still that's like 30 bucks a month the cheapest is like 10 bucks a month and most people are doing like one show a week 10 bucks a month is more than sufficient to do what you need to do okay uh in regards to video like i mentioned we're using streamyard but streamyard is automatically connected to YouTube. So what's going to happen with this one? Like we're, we're live broadcasting this on StreamYard and this live broadcast, flip this around. Right now is being simulcast to both YouTube and it's being simulcast to our private Facebook group from StreamYard. Once this live broadcast is over, it is already on YouTube. I don't need to do anything else because it was live on YouTube, but I want to take the audio. So I'll just download the audio file that will give me an MP3 file and that will go into my podcast platform, Libsyn. So this will be available on for podcast listeners tomorrow. There you go. And then this file right here, I'll just end up deleting it here because now it's hosted on YouTube servers. YouTube is its own server. And it's free and free is good. Um, and it will live on Facebook servers as well since it was simulcast to both places. Facebook will save it there. And then I just need to put the MP3 on Libsyn and now I can delete my, my, my um, basically my, my archive file, which is on StreamYard. Unless I wanted to keep it, like I could keep it or I could download it and save it to an external drive if I wanted to or save it for some reason, use it in the future, which maybe I do, but I could also probably just download it from my YouTube channel. Okay. So hosting should not be that expensive. I mean, I spend 
like I said, we do a lot of podcasting. So I spend more than most would, but most people just audio podcasts, you're looking at 10 bucks a month. That's about it. Uh, audio and video. I mean, 10 bucks plus if you're, if you're just recording the video and then posting the video, so you're not broadcasting live. Well, you can just record it on your camera or through zoom. And then you don't have to pay extra money and then you just upload the footage yourself. The only reason we're really investing in StreamYard is for that live broadcast technology. Um, that's why, and, and for the, the full 1080p. Um, but ultimately this does not need to be a big expense. And even StreamYard is not expensive. Like there's a free version of StreamYard, but I think we're on like, it's like 40 bucks a month or something like that. And we can also do webinars with StreamYard, which we're spending 40 bucks a month on Zoom anyway. So we just canceled our Zoom webinar and we're just investing in StreamYard. Um, all right. So that's the gear. That's the software. That's the hosting. Let's talk about the actual brand and then the marketing of your show. So when we think about the brand of your show, your show needs to have a promise. There needs to be a reason that people are going to listen to your show. They have to know very quickly what your show is about and why your show matters to them. And it can't be generic and it can't be ambiguous. It needs to have specificity. The more specific, the better, actually. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about niching and the importance of that. And, and, and why you want something that stands out in the marketplace. There are so many podcasts. Having something unique only benefits you. Um, so think about the promise first. What is the goal of this show? When people listen to the show, what do they get? What is the outcome? What's the result of the show? So with Beyond the Image, the goal is let's talk about things past surface level. Let's actually peel back the surface level and let's look at things deeper. Let's break through facades. Let's shatter preconceived notions. Let's cut through vanity. All right. So the entire ideology of this show is about going deeper. Where other shows might just stick to surface level topics, we want to go deeper. We want to get more granular. Even when we're giving advice, we don't want to give generic uh, kind of unhelpful influencer advice. We want to give specific tactics to help you develop a strategy so you can move forward with more clarity and confidence. That is all about the ideology. So everything about the show has to match that ideology. So we came up with the idea or the promise first. Then from there, you can think of your name. And the name, naming is something that can hang up a lot of a lot of people. The way I handle naming uh, is idea first. Once we have the idea, then I whiteboard names. And I just do a name dump or a word dump where I just think of any words or synonyms or adjectives um, that, that connect to the idea or connect to the promise. And I just make this massive list and I'll spend a whole bunch of time making a list of, of words without any, like I'm not editing at this point. I'm just thinking and just putting stuff on paper. 
once I have gone through this process, then I'll step back and I'll look at this, this massive cluster of, of words and ideas. And I'll start to see if any of these words or ideas start to jump out, if they start to amalgamize, if they start to connect together. And uh, I think every business we run, we've come up with the name in this way. Um, specifically with thinking about synonyms. Um, like when we were running our mastermind, it was called Get Amped. And we were thinking about the mission was to increase the volume, not only of work, but of of awareness that people were generating. So we were thinking, well, we want to turn the volume up. Well, what, what how, how, what's another way to say that? Well, amplify. We want to get, we want to amp up. Um, and that, that we were thinking about amp and amping up and this idea of an amplifier. And then it was, well, let's turn it into a verb, get amped. Let's get amped together. Uh, so that became the title. Um, Icon refined, same thing. It was um, thinking about entrepreneurship, uh, connected to health and wellness, connected to striving for something more than just a, a, a successful business. We wanted someone who led an elite level of, of lifestyle, who invested in their health and their mindset and their relationships and their business. And there was not a perfect word that that existed for that. So we were trying to think of words that would fit and be labeled that. And the word icon came to mind. And it's like, well, that's an icon. An icon is someone who invests in their, in their health in their mind, in their relationships and their business. So the refined is, this is a new approach. We're refining the approach. The old approach was the hustle mentality. The old approach was all or nothing. This refined approach is what creates icons. And that was the the ideology behind Icon Refined, um, the Beyond the Image podcast. Uh, so originally, you know, full disclosure, originally this show was for photographers and the Beyond the Image was getting photographers and creatives to share the stories and the nuances that were more than just what we saw in their work. What was the details behind their work and beyond their work? So Beyond the Image. When we redesigned the podcast with the new idea and the new ethos, well, the name still fit. In fact, it made even more sense, uh, you know, coincidentally enough. So we did not have to change the, the name of the show. Um, so start with the outcome first. From the outcome, then you can come up with your title. Now, once you have that, now you want to look into where this show is going to be categorized. Um, the number one podcast destination for most people is going to be Apple. And I would say uh, Spotify is up there. Google Podcasts is really high as well. Um, but your, your Apple rankings matter a lot. And Apple rankings are really going to be controlled in, in large volume by the category or subcategories that you're in. We talk a lot about this when we talk about book launches and selecting the right category or subcategory to, to rank high in a book launch. You want a category that has high relevancy, but not a lot of competition. So like my show, Beyond the Image, we get beat up in the rankings because we're in the, um, the, the uh, I think it's sales and marketing category, which there are so many shows 
in that. It's like, you know, for so many of our listeners, just picking the fitness category would you, it would be really hard to stand out in the fitness category just because there's so many shows. So you'd rather be a bigger fish in a smaller pond in this case. Um, so picking a category that is relevant, but might not have as much competition can help your show rank up faster um, than, than to try to rank up in a, a, a really big category. So if I were to redo this show, or if I were to launch another show, I'd be very, very focused on what category or subcategory we were selecting uh, our show was applicable for. Um, let's now move into the assets that you'd want to create, marketing assets. Um, one is you need a cover image for your show. This is a square image. I, I don't remember what the, the ratio is. Apple will tell you. Uh, and you, your host will tell you what ratio to do it in. But just for the sake of discussion, 1080 by 1080. Here's what to think about when it comes to your... Um, okay, we have someone's here. Sales and marketing, health, wellness, spirituality, and self-improvement are all huge categories. Yeah, they are. It is really hard to stand out in any of those. Um, here's what I want you thinking about when you're thinking about your cover image. Your cover image will not be the reason people will listen to your podcast. But your cover image may be the reason people will not listen to your podcast. And if that doesn't make sense, give it, think about it. A great cover image is just going to be expected. We're not going to listen to it because, oh, wow, this cover image is great. But if the cover image is bad, we're not going to listen to it. We're going to assume that the quality of the show will be in direct proportion to the quality of the cover image. We will judge that book by its cover. So if you have a very low quality cover image, we're just going to assume the show is that you've invested the same amount of energy into the show. This is one of those ones where, and I know so many people are sensitive about hiring help, but hiring a designer, even off Fiverr for cheap to help you create a good cover image for your podcast is required. Don't, don't even think of it as optional. Just do it. Hire a good editor or designer to design you a, a cover image. Your title has to be clear, has to be legible. Um, and I would recommend that if the show features you as the host, that you're in the cover. Next asset would be assets for social promotions. So the number one asset that are used for social promotions are going to be something called uh, audiograms. Um, it's, it's what you've seen where you see the podcast graphic or the logo and then maybe a photo of the guest and you see the, the wave lines going up and down uh, as, as they're talking and, and it's auto-captioned. Um, there's lots of sites that do this. Just search audiogram creator. You just need to design a template that you can plug into this or have a designer design your template so you can plug in your guests or plug in yourself or plug in your show name. Uh, and then you upload that with a 15 second audio clip or a 30 second audio clip from your episode and it will create this audiogram for you. And it looks really cool. And it's, it's an easy to share thing. We use a site called headliner.app 
headliner.app. Um, there's free versions of it, but that's not the only one. There's, like I said, there's plenty of them where you can make it yourself. Um, other assets you'd want is a good show intro and outro. Um, a good show intro uh, more often than not has music. So you'd want to find music that you can get the license to. And it has a voiceover describing very quickly what the show is and what you can expect from the show. Um, the reason this is important and the reason you want this in every single episode is because people are not going to listen to your podcasts sequentially. People are going to dive into your pod. Like we're coming up, I don't know, we're in episode like 480 something. And we're getting new listeners right now. Do you think they're going to go back and listen to episode one where I describe what the show is all about? Nope. That's why you saw it. Like when you tuned in, we have that a whole video of me saying what this podcast is. And I try to do it in under 60 seconds. Shorter is better. The, when we were working with one last year, that was like, I think it was like a minute 45. And it was just too long. So we, we cut it. We try to cut it in half, um, but a show intro and then a show outro, which is roughly the same thing, only with any calls to action that you have. So like, like, and follow us on Instagram or be sure to leave a five-star review or share this podcast with a friend. That's usually what's in your outro. Um, but the same music, 484, oh, my podcast editor is watching, um, 484 episodes that we've put out. It's a lot. Um, this kind of leads into the next thing, which is who is on your team to piece this together? For a long time, I edited my own shows. It's not hard to edit your own shows. That being said, you will be stunned at how much time it takes to edit your show to pull out clips from your show, to write the notes for your show, which by the way, sidebar, the headline of your show and your show notes are critically important. And the reason they're critically important is we all who listen to podcasts, listen to multiple podcasts, but or we're subscribed to multiple podcasts, but we don't listen to every podcast we're subscribed to. Or I should say, we don't listen to every episode of every podcast we're subscribed to. So when I open up my podcast app right now, let's see, I'm going to listen to the ones that I'm most interested in. Because if I have 30 minutes on my drive, I want to know if these 30 minutes are going to be interesting or not. So um, this one, it's a person's name, designer for Martha Stewart Living. That's a bad headline. I'm probably not going to listen to that. How to be an egoless leader and turn any team into champions. Okay. James and the Giant Divorce. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, no rules, rules, part two implementation. Scary Kate and Ashley. That's funny. <laughs> Why is flying safer than driving? The willingness to try how to redefine limitations. Uh, cut through the noise. How to be a bigger person. 
Okay. So that's what I'm deciding from is the headlines. Your headlines matter. They have to capture someone's attention right away and they have to know, oh, this is for me. I want to listen to this episode. And just don't assume that your listeners are going to listen to every one of your episodes. You have to give them value in, in your shows. You have to give them a reason. And your headlines are so important. So back to contractors. Um, the two things I would highly recommend are, like I mentioned, the designer to help you design your branding assets. And by the way, our team can do that. If you need help with that, just shoot me a message. I can connect you with our design team. Uh, but the second is a podcast editor. Someone to make sure the podcast sounds good, to remove any gaps from the show, to to pull out your promotional clips, to write your show notes. That will save you so much time. So all you have to worry about is being good on the mic or good on camera. All right, let's let's move quickly into uh, the launch of the show. When you launch your show, um, I would recommend launching a few episodes at once. And the reason I recommend launching a few episodes at once are, there's actually two reasons. Number one is the rankings of podcasts are calculated based off the number of downloads in a in a window of, of time. So let's just say per day. So if you just, when you launch your podcast and you just launch one episode and you get 10 people to subscribe to your podcast, that will equate to 10 downloads because they subscribe, it automatically downloads on most, on most podcast platforms. But if you were to launch four and you still got 10 subscribers, you now had 40 downloads. four times the downloads for the exact same amount of listeners that you were able to acquire. That's going to rank you a lot higher, a lot faster. Second reason is we as consumers love bingeable content. So if we find something we like, we're going to want to listen to more of it. We're going to want to binge that thing. So if your first show is great, but now I have to wait a week for your second show, I might forget. Or maybe I didn't hit subscribe or whatever it is, and I'm out. But if you serve me with a handful of content right off the bat, it gets me entrenched into your brand that much faster. So I definitely recommend launching uh, several shows at once. Uh, frequency of your, of your distribution, minimum weekly. If you're going to be doing a podcast minimum weekly, anytime someone says, well, I'm thinking like a monthly show. Nope. Lack of consistency. People are going to forget and they'll unsubscribe or they're going to forget that they even like it. And when a new show comes up, they've, they've already, they're already given their time to another show. Um, I would also recommend um, now, now you do not have to do multiple times a week if you do not have the bandwidth for that, but once a week is, is appropriate. Um, we do three shows a week, but each show has, has an angle. I do one solo cast a week, uh, which is a short episode. I think this week's episode is like eight minutes. Uh, I do one interview a week and then I do one life coaching a week. So I've systemized it to make it very efficient. Uh, for me, um, you could do a solo cast and an interview. Boom. You have two episodes a week. Um, I would recommend leaning into people promoting your show for you. 
Now, when I say this, you know, we've had some larger name guests on the show. Larger name guests do not get me new subscribers. Never have. Never will. Even if these big name guests promote the show that they were on. Like let's like I just landed uh Robert Irvine, uh Chef Robert Irvine, um, you know, from the TV show Restaurant Impossible and best selling author. Um, so he'll be on the show, I think, next week. Uh, we did the interview last week. Um, I won't get really any new subscribers from it, even if he did share that show. Because guess what? His audience has heard him a hundred times before, a thousand times before. They probably already read his book. Why do they need to hear him talking about something they've heard him talk about before? It's not likely they will. Um, now, will my downloads go up overall? Yeah, because my listeners are going to want to listen to that show. That will jump out to them. And when, they, when they're served that podcast, they're like, oh, I wonder what Robert Irvine has to say. So the big name guests don't plug or promote the shows as much as your listeners advocating your show to their audiences, your listeners promoting their show. I just heard this great episode. I took so much from this show. Have you heard this show? So making sure your listeners are empowered and equipped to be able to promote and, and share your show. That is what grows your audience. Um, also, I would recommend uh, tying in some sort of um, third party content distribution that promotes your show. So like, you know, we had Alicia Haygood presenting at Fitposium slash get published live. We've had her on my show. Uh, she just gave a live training to our fit business online community. And she does an e-blast every time a new episode comes out. So she's has this second layer where she's not just relying on people to open up their podcast app. She's pinging them to let them know, Hey, this, this new show just came out. Here's the topic. Here's why it's important. So we do e-blast about it. We'll do SMS blasts about it, but this is what we do to keep people engaged in our show. Um, you know, doing the live broadcast helps people engage in the show. Um, cause it's not just about an important launch. It's about sustaining your listener base over time. Um, and the last thing I'll mention um, and then if anyone has questions, I know we've been going for an hour, but I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has. Um, but the last thing I want to dive into are some common mistakes that I see, uh, people make, and I've alluded to these mistakes already. I was thinking, I was trying to think about this, like, what are some of the mistakes we've made? Um, I would say the first one is like waiting too long to launch, um, recording a bunch of episodes and not launching it and trying to re re redo the episodes or perfect the episodes in some way. Listen, release a handful of episodes, then let your audience know what they like and don't like, and then revise. But if you keep refining before you're releasing, you're never getting feedback from your audience. And that feedback is important. Um, one big mistake I see is when people try to launch a show with a co-host, um, not saying you can't launch a show with a co-host, but the issue that people who try to launch a show with a co-host is they can never get on the same schedule. And because they can't get on the same schedule, they're they're coordinating two schedules and then trying to get a guest on. And now consistency is out the window. And once consistency is gone, which is the second mistake, once consistency is gone, your audience is gone. Be consistent in your show. Be reliable in your show. That's what builds trust in your show. People don't want to get attached to a show and then the show's just gone because 
they the host couldn't coordinate their time and their guest time together. Um, the next mistake I see is bad guest management. When you run a podcast, you're going to have a handful of people pitching to be on your show. So it's about developing a discerning eye and asking yourself the question, does this guest match the ideology of this show? So I have to ask, will this guest help my listeners learn beyond the image? Or are they only going to share surface level crap? And I, I don't bat a thousand on this. Not by far. There have been plenty of guests where I'm just like, oh, that could have been better. Um, but over time, you're going to learn to manage your guests on your show better, to not let your guests ramble on, to not let your guests uh, take the show in a direction that you're not interested in going or that you know your audience wouldn't care about, um, to derail your show into something else. It, 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 like, I don't listen to um, the school of greatness. I tried listening to it one time, and it's not because you know I'm too good for the school of greatness. It's just, the show did not work for me because how the host manages their guests. Like he was interviewing this one person who wanted to share these five things. And I want to do these five things because the show is even marketed. Like the five things you, I don't even remember. This was like five years ago. The five things you need to know about something. And for 45 minutes, he kept being like, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And he kept like going in these other areas that were not even part of what the show was saying it was about. And it was so frustrating that 45 minutes in the show, I just said the hell with it. I'm done with the show. I've never listened to the show since. And that was just bad hosting and bad guest management. Like that's not giving the audience what you want. It's just trying to keep your audience listening longer so you can serve them more ads. And that's annoying. Um, so the flow of your show matters. And there's no way, there's no, one, there's no perfect formula for a flow. So don't ask. Um, and two, there's no way to teach flow. Flow is only achieved through experience. Comfort on the mic is only achieved through experience. We say, well, I'm not comfortable on a microphone. I don't have experience on a mic. Well, no one does until they do. It's just not possible. Um, flow is achieved over time. I, you know, as, as my uh, assistant has let me know that we're 484 episodes into the show, I don't, I'm still developing and, and refining and trying to make things better. Um, I've been podcast, this is my fourth podcast that I've been a part of. So I've been podcasting a decade uh, and I'm still refining because what people want in a show is always uh, adjusting as well. And that's kind of the fun thing is like, it's never, it's never perfect. The goal is not perfection. The goal is these, these incremental improvements um, episode to episode. So, all right. Wow. That was, I think that was the longest live training we've done. So I appreciate, I appreciate you all buckling up for that one. We had a lot of, lot of details to cover in that one. Uh, so I appreciate those who, who stayed on the whole time. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, early bird passes for get published live 2023 are available right now. Prices will never be this low again. Uh, it's May 18th through 21st. We have both virtual and in-person passes available. Go to getpublished.live. We're not only going to teach you everything you need to know about how to land and leverage top media features, but we're also going to give you the exclusive opportunity to land features just by attending. Top magazines, podcasts, digital features, TV spots, and more are all going to be searching for features, for contributors, for people to profile, for people to hire, 
just through the conference and just from attendees of the conference. As I mentioned, uh, two cover opportunities. Um, we're casting for covers of Icon Fit Magazine. We're casting for covers of Ricochet Magazine. We've already also partnered with Define Magazine, Muscle and Health Magazine. Uh, Best Holistic Life has, has paired back up with us. Uh, Personal Fitness Professional has paired back up with us. We're going to be bringing lots of media outlets uh, back to you for this year at Get Published Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, let your friends know about the show. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. We'll talk to you all next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.